Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I don't want a lot for a podcast There is just one thing I need Very, very many Monday chunkies. I'm Carter, and I am ending this. I'm Doge, and it's only just beginning. I'm Jordan, and I didn't realize how many words are in that song until I tried to do that. It was so I was having so much fun, and then I was like, "Oh, this roller coaster is too long. <laughs> I don't feel good. I feel I, sick." I don't think I've ever straight up just tried to, from nothing, shoot from the hip and fire all the words to that song out. But man, there's a lot there, huh? There's, there's so much. <laughs> yeah, many words. I can't words. figure out, yeah, it, it was a loop. I was like, this is never going to end. <laughs> uh, guys, we have two things to do today on this mini Monday. This episode 101, how does it feel being on the other side of 100? Feels really nice. I'm done trying. Yeah. Like, I think we we're did done. it. We got in- here. Trippy digis, I don't care anymore. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna float on the good vibes of the first 100 episodes. <laughs> I'm gonna be here. I'm gonna chime in occasionally, but I want you guys to carry this. I'm gonna just kick my feet up and sit back and relax. Amazing. What else it. is what uh, hey, what else is new? Am I right? <laughs> of all the days to go ahead and decide to do that, Doge, you picked a bad one. Uh because uh this no. episode is gonna be a majority of, of stuff that's in the news. And I, uh, unfortunately, last night, I blinked and I missed <laughs> about uh, 55 <laughs> announcements from uh, the world-conquering company Disney uh, about everything that they have coming out. And so as we're going through this, as we're trying to tackle uh, not everything because we don't have time, but like the biggest <laughs> announcements that we got from Disney – uh, we're going to play some golf throughout. So we'll play nine holes of golf today based okay. off of what Disney has been able to produce in the movies and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. uh, we've played golf before. It's been fun. It's been long. It was kind of like the mini Monday intro this morning. And so uh, one of you had a <laughs> recommendation. I think it was Jordan. 
he was like, hey, why don't we play it like actual golf? And there's only so many holes. So we're going to play nine holes today mm. of movie golf. I love it. Colon, lower score wins. Yeah. As we're talking about the Disney announcements. I'll be following along. Uh, my host boys, if you remember Chunkies, and if you don't, you should go back deep into the beginnings of this podcast. But this podcast started as essentially a Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Uh, and then uh, when I joined, they were basically done with it. Maybe I'll have my time in the sun. But we were like, maybe them- we should throw him some Jane Austen. I don't know. What's he into? Jordan, <laughs> that's exactly what happened like episode two. Uh, Jordan and Doge are well-versed in both the MCU and in Star Wars. Really, Disney is kind of buying everything that these two know about. That's true. Um, and and so they'll chime in on that kind of stuff when we get there. We won't do Star Wars yet, but let's start with Marvel. And if they buy the original uh, 151 Pokemon, I'm going to be in trouble because th- that's pretty much the end of my knowledge. Dude, <laughs> I heard they're trying to buy pianos, and then they'll have everything I know about. They'll have everything. Uh, um, I wanted to play piano, but I don't have the money to pay a Disney. Disney. It's pianos a Disney instrument. And homemade now. salsas. <laughs> um. <laughs> it's the two things I'm best at. <laughs> We had a few release dates. So some of the stuff that we already knew about, it, it felt like the big three in terms of Marvel TV shows uh, were WandaVision, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and then Loki. So with yeah. WandaVision, we've had several trailers by now. We do have a release date of January 15th, guys, which is like a month away from now. I'm, I'm excited. So excited. Yeah, yeah. Because I think so this is, it's, it's such an interesting, and it feels like an interesting slash risky move because WandaVision seems so different from anything that Marvel has done. And for this to be what scratches the itch of us not having any Marvel for a year is going to be interesting. And I wonder I how people are going to consume that. Let I me tell you something, good. though. When I first heard about WandaVision, it did not seem, it did not sound interesting to me in um, summation, like kind of in their pitch. But now that I have seen trailers and kind of get a little more of what it's going to be, it looks pretty amazing. Like it yeah. looks so like the, it's going to be really with- awesome. Dude, the yeah. thing with WandaVision, uh, it's confirmed to get its own gallery series like The Mandalorian has because awesome. the stuff they're doing to create this show is phenomenal. Like it, the the like uh, Wanda's power effects when they're, it's like shot in the 50s. Mm. Uh, they did that the way they did all the stuff in Bewitched with like fishing wire and stuff like that. Amazing. Like every, every era that they're in, they're using uh, methods from that era to do the visual effects and they're yeah. shooting on period lenses. So, like, this looks like I Love Lucy because it's shot on the same lenses as I Love Lucy. It's unbelievable. Well, and you know, it's it's um, literally based, each each era is based off of a specific show. And so the, mo- yeah. the, the current era is Modern Family, which is a show that I love very much. And so it's just all those little things that make me so excited to, like, I don't know. I, I think it's going to be interesting to watch, like, the Modern Family era and go, oh, that's exactly like that show. You know what? I, I don't know. It, I, I'm very, very excited about this. Yeah. A lot of the, you know, obviously a lot of what the MCU chooses in Paul, do y'all pronounce it Feige? I think it's, I think it's Feige. Feige? Paul Feige? Feige. Paul Feige? You mean Kevin? Uh, you mean by Kevin? The way, Paul Feige. Who's, oh, I was going to say Paul Bettany. My bad. Um, so Kevin Feige. Yes. Uh, all the direction that he chooses to go uh, with the MCU, a lot of the times it does feel like character driven, uh, like by who we know and who we're familiar with. But then it also feels like, it feels like with Elizabeth Olten, Olsen and 
Paul Be- Paul Bettany, right? Am I getting that right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It feels like with those two, there was something that they recognized. I think with their chemistry and how well they're playing these roles that weren't necessarily the biggest roles, that gets me excited for more of them. I just yes. like them and who they play. I agree very much. Um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier got a trailer, which I haven't seen. I told you, I blinked. I missed a lot of stuff. Oh, it's Has great. anybody seen it? Does it look great? Yeah. Oh, it looks awesome. The budget for these shows is unbelievable. It's- I wonder how many of them are using the volume that was created for The Mandalorian. I know you guys know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Listeners, if you don't know about the volume, check out The Mandalorian Gallery on Disney+. Plus. They created this whole virtual set for The Mandalorian. They shoot most of the show there. But I feel like there's got to, like... The budget of these, like, it just looks like the MCU. Like, it looks like movies. Yeah. It really does. There's like, a lot of, a lot of like, Falcon flying shots in the trailer, and it just looks exactly like when we see him in the Avengers movies. We are entering a very strange time for the blurred lines between film and television, I think. Yeah. Oh, I think so. I think it's about to just be busted. Um... The Loki trailer looks amazing. I saw yep. the Loki trailer. Excited about and that one so, too. Didn't know Owen Wilson was in it until I saw him in the elevator. <laughs> I didn't either. But and I'm he did the most Owen, Owen Wilson thing at the beginning of the trailer, and I wasn't yep. sure if I liked it. I was like, I guess he's just <laughs> playing Owen Wilson again. So those um, those jumpsuits that they're wearing, that's the time variance authority. Basically, they're they're gonna police Loki and be like, You are using the Tesseract to travel through time too much. You're messing with the time stream. So my guess is the series is gonna be him trying to stay a step ahead of the TVA. Awesome. That seems like so fun. And that feels yeah. like more of, of the WandaVision vibe too in terms of we're just going to get so many different worlds. It's yep. so many mm-hmm. different. I mean, that the Loki trailer was overwhelming. There was just so much going on. Well, and I mean, the MCU, like Marvel has all but confirmed that multiverse is the only thing that matters in this next phase, essentially. With Doctor Strange, the Multiverse of Madness, the Spider-Man overwhelming stuff amount of Spider-Man rumors, I don't know what to believe anymore, whether they've, any they've of it's true or all of it's true. Disney has confirmed most of what you're hearing. Marvel has actually notably not confirmed those those rumors. They've not confirmed the the Doc Ock stuff, the, hmm. the Andrew Garfield stuff. Uh, it's a lot of independent scoopers that are reporting that stuff, and they're very accurate. Um, but it's like, you know... There's a ton of people corroborating this story, but still nothing from Disney. I don't know. It the whole thing feels really, really fan filmy fan casting to me, where it's like we loved Into the Spider-Verse. So of course we want Andrew and Toby back. And that makes me hesitant to believe it fully, but it seems increasingly likely that Spider-Man 3 is going to be a, a multiverse movie. My theory is that the two previous Spider-Men are going to take part in quote unquote proving that. Tom Holland, Peter, is not Spider-Man to the people of New York. Hmm. Tom, so my, Holland, Tom Holland stands, you know, Peter. Peter's visibly somewhere where Spider-Man is present fighting crime or something like that. Yeah, I think, though, that with Doctor Strange, there's a way easier way to go about that. Like, he doesn't have to bring in people from a multiverse. Yeah, but he like don't know that like, yet. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it, it's going to be interesting because Charlie Cox is also rumored to return as Daredevil. Uh, And in the comics, Daredevil and Spider-Man's interaction after Peter was unmasked was that that Matt Murdock was his lawyer that basically argued his case in court that says this little kid is not Spider-Man. So who knows? It's going to be really interesting once we get some official news from Disney and Marvel right there. The moment we got the multiverse on the screen... It it it's brilliant. I think it's a brilliant move because it breeds conversations like this. Yeah, you could you could not know anything about Marvel. 
and have something to say and could possibly be right. Or <laughs> you could be like the two of you and know a lot about it and have a lot of theories and be completely wrong for all we know. So yeah, the multiverse is fun. And I think Marvel's been doing a pretty good job of not having too many letdowns. Oh, it's yeah. like with yeah. all the theories that we have, even if we don't get what we want, we still end up happy or happier than with what we thought we might get. I don't know. It's it's crazy. Sure. Um, as with most uh, businesses and, and businessmen like we are right now, it feels like we're just kind of tackling, uh, we're going through this massive meeting talking about all these uh, beautiful things that Disney is doing. But every now and then we got to go take a break and we got to play some golf. Like we got to yeah. just get out. Been working hard. Hit the we links. We got to rub some elbows. We got to hit the links. And I think in talking about Marvel, I think we should go to the very start. John Favreau and Robert Downey Jr., Iron Man. We're doing a Rotten Actually, Tomatoes. Actually, haven't seen it. Huh? I haven't seen it. I'm excited to find out what it's about. Oh, my gosh. Um, we're going to play on the Rotten Tomatoes course today, on the Flickster course. <clears throat> and so, uh, movie golf, Colin lower score wins. Uh, in this, they have to guess as close to the actual percentage rating of the critic score. So the actual tomato meter, not the not the audience score, but the critic score. Uh, and as they get closer, as they go through these nine holes, whoever has the lowest score, meaning they were always the, uh, well, on average, the closest to uh, those, those Rotten Tomato scores wins. And so we'll start with Iron Man and we'll begin with, uh, Jordan, why don't you go first on our golf course? Today? Yeah, I'd love that. Iron Man of 100. 2008, Iron Man 1. Well, that's got to be a 91. See, I'm thinking it's an 86. The actual score was a 94. Ooh. Ooh. Meaning that on the first hole, Jordan shot a three and Doge shot an eight. Before we get back to our Disney announcements, let's go ahead and do Iron Man 2. Mm. The sequel that would come two years later. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What do we think is the score? For Iron Man 2. 64. Mm. I'm going to go 78. It was actually 72. Mm. So Doe shoots an 8 again, putting him at 16 to Jordan's 6 that he just shot at a 9. So Jordan, after two holes, has half of the score of Doge in many sports. That would feel like not a good thing. <laughs> but in movie golf? <laughs> but in case you don't know. That's a great thing. <laughs> that's a great thing. So uh, we're still in Marvel land. Hawkeye is supposed to premiere in late fall of 2021. Mm -hmm. We recently had some talk of Hawkeye because we had Haley Seinfeld. It was She was on the, uh, the birthday. A star was born. That What If is an animated series. I don't think I knew until now that What If was going to be an animated series. Yeah, oh, really? But that makes Isn't a lot that, of sense. Uh, who's playing the Watcher? Is that not? Is that Jeffrey Wright? I'm not sure. That sounds. That sounds right. Yeah, it feels. <laughs> Jeffrey, correct. <laughs> yeah, it is Jeffrey Wright. I love yeah. his voice. I want him to narrate. I actually wish he was here hosting our podcast instead. Of me. <laughs> uh, some other big movies. We got a little bit more info about Moon Knight. Uh, Miss Marvel, She-Hulk. She-Hulk is officially cast. Tatiana Maslany. 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 Mm -hmm. Is she from, is she from, uh, what TV show is she from? It's the one where there's a bunch of clones of her. What is that show called? Crap. I'm looking it up. Orphan Black. Orphan Black. 
Okay. Uh, she also plays one of Tom Haverford's girlfriends on Parks and Rec. The big news about She-Hulk to me, because she was already confirmed, the big news is that Mark Ruffalo and Tim Roth are returning. Tim Roth, yeah. who we haven't seen since The Incredible Hulk with Edward Norton. Yeah, so he's back. Yeah. Uh, which I like Tim Roth. I think he's a good uh, villainous type Man, the, he was in, in The Incredible Hulk. He was so fun to watch. He's just chomping that scenery, like the yeah. most scenery-chewing villain. I'm excited to have him back. Yeah, same. Uh, there's going to be a Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special due in yes. 2022. Mm. Uh, and we've got old James Gunn back. They were like, hey, man, sorry about what we did. Here's all these things to do. Yeah. Um, that'll be happening around the time of Guardians of the Galaxy 3, uh, also directed by Gunn. And that, that'll that be released in 2023. Then there's also going to be an I Am Groot series of short films starring Groot, meaning, hey, more Vin Diesel. Our boy Vinny. More Vin Diesel out in the world. Um, <clears throat> for some more movie announcements, Black Panther 2 uh, is actually, it won't recast uh, Chadwick Boseman, uh, King T'Challa. So they're not going to do, speaking of Vin Diesel, like what we did in Fast and Furious, um, which I'm down for that. Uh, Wait, what I, did we do Fast in Fast and Furious? Furious? Fast and Furious didn't recast. Well, they did. I thought this means that they're not going to do the face over thing. No, I think that's like, different than re recast would be let's bring in somebody else to play T'Challa. T'Challa, yeah. Oh, I thought they're saying they're not going to cast Chadwick Boseman again. Like no, they're not going to have no, no, his no, no, likeness. No, 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 no. Well, there we go. So that means they're doing what? No, I was assume doing what Fast and Furious? I would assume that yeah. he's just not in the movies anymore. Yeah. Okay. I I'm not that's sure. What I, I, that'll I, be all interesting that to, to say, handle. I hope… I hope he's not in the movie. I, I don't I think, think he. Disney. Ho hopefully, this is this is me with with crossed fingers and bated breath. But I think Disney is, or at least Kevin, let's say, is wise and respectful enough of Chadwick Boseman just as a person to honor the way that the handing of the mantle goes. You know what I mean? I think mm -hmm. Disney learned their Star Wars Rogue One lesson because people really hated that Tarkin CG figure and hated CG young Leia. So I think they're probably trying to stay away from CG recreations of of beloved actors. Yeah, I, I hope so. Um, some more movie news. We're going to have Ant-Man and the Wasp. Quantumania? Yeah. The, the names. This feels like Marvel got to a place. The MCU was like, okay. We so can finally get comic-y again. We can yeah. get yeah. so. They are getting so comic-y. Totally. Thor, Loving Thunder, Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Man, like all of that is so, um, not not really like Silver Age necessarily as much as just like bonkers it's, in a way that it's <clears throat> late eighties, early nineties, extreme. Yeah, like like extreme cheese. Yeah, makes me happy. I, I love it. And one of the big things about that movie, Marvel does a good job of the movies that you feel like just kind of might be side projects ultimately are adding overall to the big story. And a lot of times we get introduction of new characters in some of these movies that we might expect, even, you know, when you got your second and third installment of a franchise. That's what I thought so about Ragnarok before I went to go see it. I was like, I don't really care for the Thor movies, but it's Marvel, so I'll go watch it. And then I walked out of Ragnarok going, that's a top three Marvel movie for me. Yep. So we'll have Kang the Conqueror in this. Jonathan Majors is going to be playing yep. Kang the Conqueror, yep. who is... A, I mean, I would say a supervillain of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Oh, big time. He's a Thanos-level threat. Yeah. So yeah. that he he it feels like he might be our next big bad. Which is great because I love Jonathan Majors. And I, yeah. Yeah, I, I was like a, a little disappointed by 
the limited things he got to do in the uh, in the Lovecraft Country script. Oh, yeah, big time. I think he was the um, best part of the show for sure. It's close for me between him and uh, Letty. Oh yeah, she was so good too. Uh, let's hit the course again. I think we just need a break. We've, yeah. we've taken oh, in a lot of information. I've been working on uh, my hip our flexors. first introduction. Let's grease some clubs. <laughs> yes, our first introduction to T'Challa of actually seeing him. Am I right? It was Captain America Civil War. Yeah. Civil War? Yes, sir. So, what is the rating? And, and oh. we'll go with Jordan or uh, Doge first. What is the Rotten Tomatoes critic tomato meter rating for Captain America Civil War? Ninety three. Jordan? 90. Uh, in golf, we call that an ace for Jordan. That is a hole-in-one. He doesn't get wow. anything added to his score. It was a 90. And then Doge doesn't add much to his. He just adds three strokes there. <laughs> so now it's a score of 19 to 9. If you've ever played movie golf, though, you know it's not even close to over. We're only three <laughs> holes, we're only three <laughs> holes in. Um, but then let's get back to our our, our Marvel announcements. Um, one of the biggest announcements that we had, um, and we've already talked about Doctor Strange in the multiverse just a little bit. Was there anything else you wanted to say about that before we move on? No. About Doctor Strange? No. Yeah. No, I do want to. <laughs> I do want to take a quick moment to say that Christian Bale is confirmed to be playing Gore the God Butcher in Thor: Love and Thunder, and I'm real excited about that. That's amazing. Dude, I need more stuff from Marvel named Gore the God Butcher and Thor Love and Thunder. You know what I mean? Like, Isn't that, that's like, to me, that is if a Van Mural became a movie. Yes, dude. Like, those names are so great. Like <laughs> like one of those old Dean guitars that's just sort of shaped like yes. a pow word bubble. Yes. <laughs> Gore the God Butcher feels like someone's attempt to have a wrestling name. In like professional wrestling, and people were like, "No, dude, that's too crazy. Dude, that's, that's too, too intense. Much. Yeah, that's, that's too a little much. bit. That's a little bit too much. How about uh, Steve Austin? How about that? I was like, oh, that just sounds like a normal name. Oh well. What if you just um, catch coldies? <laughs> just catch coldies and bust them on your head. Uh, finally, <laughs> Marvel Studios is officially developing a new Fantastic Four movie. Yep. Yeah. Um, yep. With some of the other announcements that we got. Being introduced as late as 2023, my guess is we're maybe three or four week, four years away. I will be least. an old man filled with regret by the time I see this Fantastic Four in theaters. Do if you, theaters still uh, exist. Do you just not want, do we not want it? I Has want it. Just it. So, it's just okay. going to take a long time. Yeah. Are you excited though that the that this MCU is going to be doing the Fantastic Four? Oh gosh, yes. And yeah, John definitely. Watts directing? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Real on board with that. And then what else had John Watt done? Spider-Man Spider Spider stuff two right and three. Yeah. The so, third, the third Spider-Man one, the third Spider-Man two, the second Spider-Man three. Yep. Phenomenal. Um, before we get into Lucasfilm announcements, Jeez. geek out. Um, let's talk about Spider-Man. Spider-Man Homecoming. Let's do that one. Ninety. Uh, pool. Never mind. I almost. <laughs> I started saying what it was. Started saying what it was. There's just a lot going on. This is like when you're, uh, I don't know what he's called. I'm going to refer to him as your golf sommelier, the guy who drives your golf cart and takes you to the next course. That's a caddy. This is whenever, he's, this is whenever he like throws the golf ball and accidentally makes it in the hole. And, and I don't like, think, oh, can't play this one now. I did it too perfect. I don't think caddies drive the cart either. No. So let's imagine there is a world where there is a golf sommelier who drives your golf cart so you, to your course for you. So, so you made up a role. 
I love it. How, okay, I thought Carter's you were the only one. I thought you were struggling to describe a caddy. No, what's the, is there, I'm not talking about, I'm not, this, listen, this ain't your dad's golf. I'm talking about real fancy boy golf where you don't take your cufflinks off. Is there a person who drives the golf cart for you? No. I don't think so. There should be. That's 50% of the reason to show up. Well, not for us because we don't like golf, but there's some business boy who's like, there's some business boy who's like, (laughs) golf is my blood. I need a sommelier to drive me. Uh, (laughs) As we finish uh, the MCU announcements, uh, let's do the the last big uh, tying of several loose ends movies that we had in theaters. That was the strangest segue into talking about Avengers Endgame. What do you think is the score on Rotten Tomatoes for Avengers Endgame? This is hole number four. Mm. Uh, Jordan, start us off. 87. 94. Man, I love movie golf. Movie golf, I think, is going to be a lot of fun. We we had an, another hole-in-one this time. Uh, that means you got it exactly right. Doge was right. It was nice. 94% on Rotten Tomatoes. So our score is now Jordan 16, Doge 19. Wow. Wow. And now let's head to a galaxy far, far wow. away as we continue wow. this wow. long uh, episode of news and golf. The two favorite things of every middle-aged white man. Guys, this is so, an episode to show your grandpas and your dads. This one is for them. Hey, Peep Pop. It's, come, it's business come check news out and Peep Pop. Come check out my movie friends. <laughs> oh, so we've got The Mandalorian. It feels like every time before we record episodes of this podcast, there's at least 10 minutes maybe dedicated to talking about The Mandalorian. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think... Um, and I'm excited and I'm not surprised that Disney is going to keep doing these uh, highly produced live action Star Wars shows. And we've had a conversation on this podcast before that it feels like really this is what Star Wars was made for. It yep. feels like the world of Star Wars, especially in the present day, is meant to be uh, a, a an 8 to 10 hour experience per story mm-hmm. and not a yep. 2 hour experience per story. Right now it just works better on TV. Yep. And so, uh, spoiler alert, because some of the things we're going to talk about now are characters that were introduced during The Mandalorian. Not introduced, but reintroduced, okay? Uh, And if you've been following Mandalorian at all, you knew that, like, Rosario Dawson was going to be playing Ahsoka, okay? So, I am so glad. Because when I looked at IMDb's credits for season two of Mandalorian, after I saw the episode of Ahsoka, I was like, I just, I need more. It felt like she yep. was not going to be in season two again. And it, she's probably not because she's got one credit for season two of Mandalorian on IMDb, meaning she's yeah. really credited only in one of those installments. But we are going to get an Ahsoka spinoff from Mandalorian, yep. which it feels like that big bad might be Thrawn. Am I right? Yeah. I think the the game plan is that all of these spinoff shows set during the time of the Mandalorian. So Mandalorian, Ahsoka and Rangers of the New Republic are eventually going to be leading to uh, a full-scale fight against Thrawn. Uh, it was as like I understand the Thanos it, they're going to be a, big, Star Wars a big crossover thing. Well, he is the original villain of uh, 
the I'm actually reading through it right now, the Heir to the Empire trilogy that was released in the early 90s. That was the original episode seven, eight, and nine in book form that Disney threw out when they bought Star Wars and have since kind of recanonized him through Rebels. Uh, the logo for the Ahsoka show is the emblem for the world between worlds, which is a, a late breaking series development in Rebels uh, that has close ties to Thrawn. If you haven't watched Clone Wars and Rebels, please do it. I know it's a lot to get through, but you can find recommended episode lists online so you don't have to sit through some of the more filler episodes. But those are, I think, proving to be even more and more important foundational texts. You know, if you're going into these live action series without watching those, it's like going into episode nine without watching the first eight. Like you kind of just, you got to catch up a little bit. Yeah. And they're little, I think they're a lot of the times just 20 minutes, maybe yeah. 20 to yeah, 25 they're short, minutes. Super so short. if you loved the pace of Ted Lasso, you know, it's, it's that short. I mean, it's like a really short, like sitcom yeah. length of a show. And so you can get in just one and be fine or, or several. Yeah. I've really enjoyed Clone Wars. I need to, I need to dive back into that. They've been, uh, they've been my laundry shows for a long time. I'll take a little oh, clothes out of the so dryer good. and be like, okay, here's my folding clothes show. Yes. I love that. Because we so, still do that ourselves. Like, we're not podcast big shots. You know, we do no. our own laundry. You know, if we're For still now. the same. If we, 100 episodes, 100 mini Mondays in, still the same old me. Yep. I just it's never change clothes. We'll have, we'll have, you know, a couple more patrons, and then we'll have somebody driving our golf cart. Um, <laughs> Rangers of the New Republic is also a spinoff from The Mandalorian. Uh, I think it was Doge, but Jordan, if you have anything to chime in too, because I know you're a little bit more into the Star Wars literature than I am, which is... Uh, if you read one page of Star Wars literature, then you're you're more into it than I am. <laughs> um, Rangers of the New Republic. I, it felt like you were really excited about this, Doge. Yeah, I am. I think How do you it's, feel about that? What what are we? What kind of story are we getting from this? Do we have any idea? So this is going to be the the X wing pilots that we've seen uh, in Mandalorian season one and now in season two. Those two X wing pilots. This is going to be guys like that that are basically patrolling the outer rim trying to bring all systems under the rule of the New Republic. And it's tricky for me because I have made no secret about being a a pretty big non-fan of the sequel trilogy and where that ended up and where that took our characters. Yeah, And so Range of the New Republic is going to be real interesting because no matter how hard these guys try, the New Republic is going to be destroyed in an afternoon by the First Order that comes out of nowhere. And even though they're the dominant government, they're also the underdog to the First Order that doesn't exist at this time but will exist. It's just the the political situation in The Force Awakens and then how that gets exacerbated throughout the sequel trilogy is going to make for a really, really strange New Republic show. I'm excited to watch it and see what happens, but I yeah. do have a little bit of trepidation about it. And then, so these three, so Mandalorian, Ahsoka, and Rangers of the New Republic, it's all Favreau. So it really does yeah. feel like um, we are using the mold of what Kevin Feige did for the MCU and just saying, okay, John, you're our Star Wars guy to create this universe. Yeah. Because they even said that with these three movies, or these three shows, it's it's confirmed that these are going to have, at some point, crossovers as well. Which makes sense because it's all- I mean, technically the, they already the have before the other two right, exactly. start. Yeah. Right, right, right. Introductions. It and does. So, it does give me vibes of like the CW superhero universe when you tell me TV shows are going to spin off of each other and have crossovers of each other, and that makes yeah. me a little nervous. But this is like, I mean, these actually have a budget that's worth talking about. So I think they're right. they're probably going to be better than those. Yeah, I agree. Um, we're going to keep up with the animated series, and they're going to do Star Wars: The Bad Batch. We were talking about this a little yep. bit 
um, before, and we want, we don't want to dive too deep into it because there's still a lot to talk about. Uh, but essentially, these were uh, a bad batch of clones, right? That are kind of going off, and are they are they rogue? Are they against? The so empire? That's, that's the thing. The it looks like they're going yeah. to end up being against the Empire. When we see them in Season 7 of Clone Wars, they're kind of this special ops, like a SEAL Team 6 kind of vibe of the Army of the Republic. Um, they go in and handle jobs that are too tough for regular clone battalions. So, I don't know. It's going to be super-duper interesting. Loved Clone Wars. Excited to see these characters back. Yeah, is it the same animation style, mm-hmm. do we think? Okay, yeah. that's been confirmed. Same team, same cast. It's D. Bradley Baker who is voicing every single clone. Um, doing kind of a not great Tamara Morrison impression, but a really, <laughs> Sometimes really good... Sometimes it's better than others. There are moments that... Yeah, it, that it and he does a really good shines. job of giving each clone the same voice, but totally different personalities. Um, yeah. D. Bradley Baker's that's work be so on tough. Clone Wars is so, so underrated. It's really, really amazing what he's able to do. Um, before we keep going on this, let's go ahead and go to uh, the Star Wars universe for golf. Mm. We're on a, a new set mm-hmm. of holes here out in space. Let's just do Star Wars, A New Hope, the very first one. Didn't we do this what is already? the critics rating? Huh? I thought we did this no, already. We did, we did this on Cranky Critic. You're right. You're right. Yep, yep, yep. What is the rating, the tomato meter rating? Doge, you go first. 97. 91. It was... 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. So Jordan shooting a one there, Doe's shooting a five. And now it is 17 to 24. Remember, guys, don't get too excited. The lower score wins, y'all. The lower score wins. Uh, and then let's end with the original series, The Return of the Jedi. What do you think Rotten Tomatoes had, those critics had, for Return of the Jedi, the 1983 film? Jordan, you first this time. 86. That's exactly what I was going to guess. So I'm going to go 85. It's good that you went down and not up because that means you shot a three instead of a five because it was an 82%. Mm. So Jordan shoots a four there. Doze shoots a three. That means our score is 21 to 27 with three holes left. Um, Another thing, we talked about Rogue One. Uh, we've talked about all the Star Wars movies on this podcast. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because we had, not necessarily controversial, but we disagreed on one of the main characters in there. I did not like Diego Luna. And I believe both of y'all did. I did. Yeah. yeah. Big Diego Luna fans. He's going to have his own Disney Plus show, yep. mm-hmm. I think. Cassian Andor. Yep. Yeah. So we'll have Andor. And so he'll be doing that. Um, the Acolyte is a new Star Wars series. Uh, the Russian doll director, Leslie Headland. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of a High Republic era of the franchise. What is the High Republic era? Star Wars has a new publishing initiative that's launching in January where they're basically telling a bunch of stories set about 200 years before The Phantom Menace. Um, ah. And it's a it's tough to call an area of the Star Wars timeline unexplored because we have had all of the EU stuff. But in current Disney canon, uh, that's a largely unexplored area of time. And so this is stories about a younger Master Yoda and then other leaders of the Jedi Council um, essentially offering, uh, operating as peacekeepers throughout the galaxy rather than the military generals the later the, the later Jedi turned into in the prequel series. Mm-hmm. So this is going to be super interesting. Um, this is the stuff I'm most excited for, uh, the High Republic stuff, specifically the Acolyte, because that is the only thing that creatively feels like a risk for Star Wars. Yeah. I think there is, um, 
you know, for all the talk of like, we're going to blow this galaxy wide open. There's so many stories to tell. We really seem only concerned with the Imperial versus Rebel kind of stories. You know, everything is between episode three and like episode four, except for the Mando and those spinoff shows, which are in between six and seven. It, it's just, it's interesting to me. I don't know. Not yeah. not saying that's a bad thing, but like this, the Acolyte has the potential to kind of break the Star Wars mold a little bit. So I don't know. I think it'll be cool. Yeah, I'm excited for it. Um, Star Wars Lando is going to be in a quote unquote event series coming to Disney Plus. Not totally sure what that means just yet. Uh, Star Wars Visions is an anime anthology series. Yep. For Star Wars. Uh, and then uh, as as I keep reading off all these things, because we really do, I think we, there's 54 different things. And I've even skipped over some of them that Disney has announced. Uh, I I can understand that back in the time when we heard that Disney was buying Marvel, and then also when we heard that Disney was buying Star Wars. Disney buying Star Wars felt more offensive at the time that it got introduced because they were like, they're just going to, it's going to be this massive money grab, which yes, literally, yes, it's a business move. They're doing this for this kind of stuff. Keep in mind that Disney... We've seen it especially with Pixar. Like there are probably, while there are four Toy Story movies, there are probably, if you go look at Disney Plus and search Toy Story, over 20 to 25 different yeah, there's a bunch of uh, productions of Toy Story. Right. Yeah. So that's a, probably a lot of what this Star Wars stuff and some of this Marvel stuff is going to end up Well, and I'll being. tell you, with the Star Wars stuff, genuinely, I know that this feels, there's a lot of Star Wars naysayers and I, I hate to join, but... Um, the movies represent, I think, everything everybody was afraid of when Disney bought Star Wars. Like, I think the new trilogy, the sequel trilogy, really is emblematic of people's greatest fears with Disney buying uh, Star Wars. I think all the stuff on Disney Plus right now is emblematic of everybody who felt really hopeful when Disney bought Star Wars, about Star Wars finally having the resources it deserved to go further than yeah. it had well, in any other Disney, medium. it's it, it really seems like Disney's starting to realize that because like of all totally. these projects mentioned, hardly any of them are going to touch or reference the sequel films. It, yeah. It sure seems like the only one that might be is Patty Jenkins' new movie, The Legends of Rogue Squadron. The right. only reason I think that might be a, a post-Rise of Skywalker movie I guess there's two, is because she said it'll be a new generation of fighter pilots taking the Star Wars galaxy in a new direction, which really feels like that's probably after after Palpatine Part 3. Uh, and then the logo for that series is the newer model of X-Wing. It's not Luke's X-Wing, it's Poe's X-Wing. Mm. So, But it really feels like everything else, they're kind of like, oh, we may have, we may have beefed it just a hair. Yeah, yeah. certainly. Uh, speaking of beefing it, uh, one of my favorite announcements about all the Star Wars stuff is that in the new Obi-Wan Kenobi show, yeah. which I'm very excited for, yep. reprising his role as Darth Vader is young Hayden Christensen. Very excited about this. I think that it is likely that these will be flashback sequences. I I don't know that Hayden's going to put on the suit and try to do a James Earl Jones voice. <laughs> no, no, no. I definitely don't think that's the case. Here's what I'm hoping, though. And I want it for him. This man and I have been... Uh, calling the shots in the poo-poo brigade mm. of poo-pooing on Hayden Christensen mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and everything that he has ever done, but especially with one of the most iconic characters of all time in movies. Maybe he's got a chance to have a little bit of redemption. Like, 
Maybe he can figure it out. Can you imagine being Hayden Christensen and hearing all that bad stuff about you and then you're getting cast again for the thing that probably kept you up at night? <laughs> what are you going to do? I, I, want, I want a behind the scenes. I want a gallery series uh, of Hayden Christensen and the five minutes he's going to record for Obi-Wan. He's going to cry himself to sleep on his bed made of money from the prequel trilogy. <laughs> his money bed. Absolutely. And then he'll go out and play golf, but he won't have to drive. Speaking of golf, Let's go to Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Okay. Mm. Uh, this was one of my favorite of the new, of like the Disney Star Wars movies. I enjoyed Rogue One a lot. And it feels like, um, not necessarily for fan service sake, but we're getting some spinoffs from, from that. And it's hard to yeah. say what a spinoff is in a universe that has a lot of different storylines. But Technically eight uh, sequels. Right, exactly. So what is, what is that critic score? For Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Doge, why don't you go first this time on the seventh hole here? We have three left. Seventh hole. Star Wars came out in 77, so I'm going to assume this is a 77%. I'm feeling 80, 88, actually. 77 for Doge, 88 for Jordan. The actual score was 84, mm. meaning Doge shot a 7 on that one, and Jordan shot a 4. Our score is Jordan 25, Doge 34, and we'll have two movies left, one of those being one of my favorite of <clears throat> episodes one through three. Let's talk about Star Wars episode one, The Phantom Menace. Jordan, what do you think was the critic score for The Phantom Menace? Hmm. 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 Fifty-two. I think movie golf keeps getting better and better. Our actual score was fifty-two. Hmm. No way! Doge, wow! Doge gets a hole in one, and Jordan shot a sixteen. Let's I think that's a sixteen. Wow! So now our score is forty-one. Jordan, thirty-four. Doge, and wow. we'll have one special movie left uh, at the end of this. But let's keep talking because there's still. Uh, a little bit more news. Um, so Patty, Jinks, Patty Jenkins uh, directing Rogue Squadron, the movie that's coming out in December of 2023. And then Taika Waititi, uh, we don't have too many details, but he definitely is going to be doing a full-length feature film yeah. uh, uh, for Star Wars. And he is quickly becoming one of my favorite people in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, I think Taika is brilliant and incredibly unique. And it feels like a lot of the times in the movie business, there's people that are kind of maybe trying to be unique and they might find some success there, but it feels like Taika is just magooing his way, even though he's brilliant, <laughs> like through some of the most important stuff in film and TV right now. Yep. I just love it. Um, the last bit of stuff with Disney was all these Pixar announcements. <clears throat> there was nothing super huge. We're going to get a lot of these a uh, little like we've got a Baymax series coming to to uh, Disney Plus. There's a Zootopia series. There's a Tiana from Princess and the Frog. There's a Moana series. Uh, really exciting though. We're gonna have a new movie set in Colombia with music written by Lin Manuel Miranda, yep. which is in development called Encanto. That's super exciting. Yeah, that's gonna be cool. Yep. Uh, and then we're gonna have. Let me find it. Oh, okay, so our Pixar movies. So Luca is a movie set in Italy about a boy named Luca. That'll hit theaters next summer. 
Uh, and then we have a Lightyear origin story for Buzz Lightyear. I'm almost ready for them to be done with Toy Story movies, I think. I think I am too. Uh, I think this Lightyear is going to feel like, I'm admittedly narrow casting right here, the the Buzz Lightyear of Star Command animated show. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's it's going to be like a, you know, not so much a, this is the factory in Taiwan where Buzz Lightyear dolls are made, but it's going to be kind of like the in-universe story of Buzz. I don't know. I think that'll be cool. I, I It feels like that should be a direct-to-streaming movie. Like, I'm not really, I yeah. don't think anybody's dying for Chris Evans as Buzz Lightyear. Right, summer 2022. Right. Uh, and then Turning Red. Uh, Pixar still manages to give us plots uh, that before we see anything else and the first thing that we get is the plot, we're like, how on earth are you going to pull that off? I, right. I remember even reading about um, Inside Out, yeah. right? And that we were going to be talking about emotions in someone's head. So Turning Red is about a 13-year-old girl going through puberty that transforms into a giant red panda when she gets excited. Yep. Great. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. I, fine. I, 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 I trust totally you, down. Pixar. Um, Disney also owns the world, literally National Geographic. Like our best view of the world, Disney owns it. That's kind of scary. Uh, we have a couple new uh, shows that have some interest for me. I like Will Smith when he's just Will Smith. Like I, I like following him on social media. And the title of his show drives me crazy, though. Welcome to Earth. Welcome to Earth. Yeah, <laughs> you're kidding me. Yeah. So he'll be on some. Uh, uh, awe-inspiring journeys to unlock the secrets of this planet's most extraordinary, unexplained phenomenon. be like, phenomenon. ooh, that's hot. And then we have Limitless, starring Chris Hemsworth, that explores the limits of the human body. If there's a body created to test the limits, I think it's yes. this. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Uh, and I think, do we have any more uh, things that you feel like I missed on our announcements before we play our final hole of golf? Man, there's so much. There's live-action Pinocchio, live-action Peter Pan and Wendy... Uh, yeah. there's just, there's so much that they announced. There's no way we could hit it all. Uh, yeah, I don't think we can. And I spent like might, about 30 minutes just going through and watching trailers and animated title sequences. Willow's back, by the way. Uh, there's a new Indiana Jones confirmed to be in development. They're shooting next spring. Good grief. Uh, there's just so, so much. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's exciting and it's definitely stuff. Emma Stone as Cruella de la Ville. Yes, that's going to be amazing. Yeah. I'm excited for that. And so we'll have, you know, I'm sure we'll get it in bits and pieces and all the mini, min, the next 100 mini, mini yeah. days. But <laughs> for sure. Um, to end our final hole. Oh, I forgot to say this. I'm so sorry. No. Uh, another, another Mighty Ducks. Did we know about this? Oh, yeah. Emilio Estevez is coming they're back. They're bringing him back. How dare they're you? Remaking, they're remaking Turner and Hooch. Oh yeah, okay. That, that feels like a way out of left field. Like, I know. Like, okay, that is that they, is they probably the, the most stats surprising thing in their big labs. They found something. And they were like, okay, there's this in this red folder. We've got a demographic we haven't reached yet. And as much as we've tried to reach everybody in the entire world, this crossover, this little point right here, says we need to make a Turner and Hooch movie. There is. Four, I thought you were going to say they wanted to reach a new demographic and then circled back and were like, let's just hit the 50-year-olds again with something. They let's just do Turner and Hooch. Uh, Hocus Pocus 2. Dude, yet. I used Hocus to get Hocus Pocus 2, which we've already talked about. Oh, yeah. Uh, a reboot of Three Men and a Baby with Zac Efron. Fine. Ew. Cheaper, He's the baby, though. That's what's crazy. <laughs> Cheaper by the Dozen with Kenya Barris and Gabrielle Union and a new sister act film starring Whoopi Goldberg. Amazing. Dude, I'll, I'll, I can do that. So totally many of these feel like the little like fake trailers for NBC shows that mm -hmm. would play at the end of a 30 Rock episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like there is no way somebody would actually do this, but they're doing yes. it. 
I used to get Turner and Hooch and Starsky and Hutch mixed up pretty bad. <laughs> oh, I do too. I, I, I said the wrong thing all the time. Okay. Our final hole is, uh, speaking of Chris Hemsworth, Thor The Dark World. This is your last shot. Uh, I'm going to let Doge go first. Thor The Dark World. What was the critic score for Thor The Dark World? Doge, seven strokes ahead currently. 47. 61. Mm, we're going to have to do some maths here, boys. Okay. This is amazing. Can the golf sommelier take care of that math for us? Yeah, he's on it. So you said 47. Yeah. Jordan said 61. The actual score, it wasn't rotten. It was a 66 on Rotten Tomatoes, meaning Jordan shot a 5 and Doe shot a 19, meaning our final score was Doge with 53 strokes and Jordan with 46. Congratulations, <laughs> oh, Jordan. Wow. The most roller coastery game we have is definitely movie golf. I'm glad you yeah. won because I've been feeling really bad about stomping all over your Spider-Man stuff at the beginning of this episode. <laughs> uh, to end this episode, right Listen, after we had a conversation. I will concede. Okay. You have won. I am conceding. I don't remember what Spider-Man stuff you stomped on. You were like, they're going to be in it. And I was like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. They might be in it. <laughs> oh, I don't want them to be in it. <clears throat> I, I kind of don't either. It feels real early. I don't know that we've gotten to see Tom it, Holland be a, hey, a neighborhood Spider-Man It doesn't yet. just feel early to me. It feels like a mistake to me, if that is yeah. the case. Um, I, it feels like a swing nobody was asking for, which is the only reason I feel like it could be okay is because Spider-Man and Marvel were not struggling. So if they're taking a swing this big, it must be for a good reason. I don't know. But the, the, it, the, it does not interest me. Like, I see a lot of people being like, finally, Tobey Maguire's back. Leave him where he was. He's done. Yeah, I don't know. The, the MCU Spider-Men are like, they're great superhero movies, but they're not great Spider-Man stories, if that makes sense. Well, like, there's not a not a ton of the thematic resonance that that we need from Peter Parker stories. It is Peter Parker with Miles Morales supporting cast, by the way, just yeah, renamed right. to different things. My prediction is that we will finish the new Spider-Man movie and go, oh yeah, no, their parts were very small. Like my guess is this is not like yeah. the multiverse Spider-Man movie that everybody thinks it's going to be. It's going to be cameos from these people at most is my guess. That's that's what I'm thinking too. Like all this stuff of like Doc Ock is confirmed to return. Jamie Foxx is confirmed to return. I want the gonna, new versions of those characters just by the way. Right. Like I, I don't think we're want gonna flash Jamie Foxx's Electro. Like Doctor Strange is going to flash him through these realities because Benedict's confirmed. So he's going right. to just take him through and be like, there well, have how been did- <laughs> other Spider-Men. There have been, yeah. Maybe that well, means it's going it to be Doc scene- Ock and Electro that he's going to fight in the new one. And it's going to be, here's how other Spider-Men have dealt with these two guys. Yeah, that would be cool. I mean, I think it, my my dream cast, casting or my dream, I guess, scenario for this would be that <clears throat> Benedict is like taking on that kind of antagonistic mentor role yeah. that Tony was where he's just continually reminding Peter, hey, how could you mess up this bad? Look at this Spider-Man. Right. He fought Electro and the Lizard and he didn't mess up this bad. I don't, feel like, Spider-Man. I don't feel like Strange has that level of pettiness in him quite to maybe it's not pettiness but there needs to be something like peter's primary motivator is guilt it has always been guilt and it should be guilt and the second that it's not guilt it becomes kind of a different character yeah but anyway we have a, a long discussion about this whenever he's kneeling at tony stark's grave in far from home which to me as a lifelong spider-man fan is like 
a slap in the face. You can't show Peter kneeling at a grave and it not be Uncle Ben. But anyway. I don't bother I digress. Our sommelier is motioning for me to get in the golf cart and drive to the next thing. Speaking of crossovers, let's end this episode. I want your name, and I want you to tell me what your thoughts are about the Feliz Navidad fast food crossover. (laughs) A recipe for seduction. A Lifetime original mini-movie presented by Kentucky Fried Chicken and starring Mario Lopez as Colonel Sanders. I'm Carter, and I am surprised at how many people think this is taking itself seriously. Yeah. I, this has to be a two-minute commercial during the Super Bowl or something. Like, this is, this I think is it's, a lifetime. I think it's 15 yeah. minutes. If that, Yeah. Yeah, this is this is supposed to be a joke. And for the yeah. first time, I think that I've ever known Lifetime gets to laugh at itself because it's finding out, hey, the most successful organizations find a way to laugh at themselves and then they get more people to pay for things, right? So I think that's what this is. I can't believe it. And I can't believe that Mario Lopez feels like the perfect casting. I know. He really does, though. That's so weird to me. But yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'm Doge. I feel a mixture of disappointment and trepidation. I'm disappointed because another podcast I listened to referred to him as KFC Slater. And I wish that we've said that because that's way funnier than anything we've ever said on our podcast. That's a very good joke. The trepidation that I feel is that Lifetime's going to go, oh man, a lot of people seem to like this. And it's going to be the Sharknado effect where they just start churning out intentional turds. And it's like, oh man, guys, this is rough. Um, I'm Jordan and I think it's going to honestly be shockingly funny. Like, I think it's going to be like surprisingly funny. And also if, uh, Mario Lopez doesn't sit backwards on a pile of mashed potatoes, then I quit. (laughs) Oh, can you imagine the butt feel of sitting on a pile of mashed potatoes? No, thank you. I really would like to try it actually. Mashed pasladers. Actually, I don't think Um, so. Pet star. Anyway. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.